Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. If you don't know who I am, I am Pastor Joshua. I am the student ministry uh, um, pastor here at Tree of Life Church. Um, if you don't see me, it's usually because I'm doing something with the students, um, teaching them, you know, mentoring them, growing them, the leaders, the parents. You usually know who I am. Parent, if you have a teenager of this church and you don't know me, it's not my fault. <laughs> Get to know me. So that's who I am, that's what I do, and I love to preach. Amen? So let's get some preaching on tonight. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 18, verse 23, if you would. I love my Bible. When I, when I open up my Bible, every time that I close it and I'm done reading, I always kiss my Bible because it reminds me, it's not some symbolic religious thing that I do, it's simply to remind myself that I love this Bible. This book set me free from so many things. The questions of life that I was dealing with, um, the, the issues of, of depression, all of those things were answered in this book, and my life was forever changed because of this book. Because the Bible says in John 1 that Jesus is the Word, amen? Jesus is the Word. So when you're reading this, you're reading about Jesus, and Jesus is going to show you the truth, and the Bible says where the truth will set you free, and that's good. So as Exodus chapter 18 Verse 23 says this, if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. Tonight, I'm going to continue with a series, a series called Finishing Strong, and every Wednesday night we've been teaching on this for the last, uh, last little bit, but tonight the, what I'm going to talk to you about is usually, Finishing Strong is usually we think about a race when we talk about that, right? Right? I'm a student ministries pastor. I love class participation. I need some amens. Come on now. Uh, I, I need some, you know, some people with hankies to, come on, where's the hankies at? I, I enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, I know we're in Texas, but come on now. You can get out of your comfort zone for me, please. Um, but we've been talking about that, and tonight I want to show you a different side of finishing strong. I want to show you uh, um, that we need to stand strong. So tonight my message is going to be titled, Standing Strong. And you might be wondering, well, how does that apply to finishing strong when you're standing still? Well, see, our life, yes, is like in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it says those who run in a race. So yes, we are in a race, but see, our lives aren't always this, this incredible exertion of running. There's times in our lives that we just simply need to stand strong. Sometimes in our lives, we just need to be rooted in one place and stand still and allow God to be God, amen? Amen. So my first point I want to get to is, is standing strong. Uh, uh, turn with me in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. What I want you to look at there is stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. 
stand fast. Stand fast. The Greek word, yeah, I'm gonna get into the Greek for those of you who like that kind of thing. I actually do, I really enjoy looking at like the original text of the Bible and I, I, I like to get into the Hebrew, the Greek, sometimes uh, different things, even Latin once in a while if I wanna study the lex, anyway. Um, but the word, the, the Greek word steko means to stand, specifically to stand firm. It specifically is associated with someone who refuses to abandon one's opinion or belief. If you're taking notes on the live notes, that would be your first fill in the blank. It's specifically associated with someone who refuses to abandon one's opinion or belief. Standing strong sometimes in our life, we need to refuse to budge. Some of the synonyms you can, you can say that, that it has to do with stecco is hold firm, stand fast. Here's a Texas one, hunker down. <laughs> hold stubbornly to a position, refuse to budge. Refuse to budge. I grew up playing basketball and one of the things that my dad would t- teach me to do is, is, is pick and roll. And when you're, when you're going to set up a pick for your teammate, he's got the basketball and his defensive player is all over him and you're gonna go play a pick, it means you're gonna run up on his player, on the defensive player, and you're gonna stand firm right next to him. So when you, the, the guy with the ball goes around you, his player runs straight into you. Now if you're not moving, you're not gonna get a foul. But if you're moving, you're gonna get knocked on your, and you're gonna get a foul. What happens when you're playing basketball and you're doing a pick, and I was just teaching, um, I coached my son's uh, Spurs League basketball team, and, and we were just teaching them about pick and roll. And so when you're going to set up a pick, you need to stand firm. And you don't let that thing come and knock you down, you stand firm and don't let him buy. That's no movement, that's just standing firm. In our life, in the race we are in sometimes, get back to the race, we have to simply plant ourselves firmly in place and refuse to budge. We need to refuse to budge on some certain things. Now, why, what, what do I mean by that? What do I mean about refusing to budge? Well, are you telling me to be stubborn when it comes to things in your life that that you need to be stubborn about, like the truth of God's word, who God says you are, a healing blessing, the, the things that God has given you, you are absolutely right. You need to stand firm, stand your ground. You need to hunker down and not let up. You need to grab that thing by the throat and never let go. Stand firm. See, life can be rough at times. That's simply how it is, and there are times that it feels like a tornado trying to throw us around. And we just had a tornado, tornado. Uh, I went to Bible college in Oklahoma. That wasn't a tornado we just had. <laughs> that was some wind. But uh, it did still, now, if you had damage done to your house, you're like, no, that was a tornado. Absolutely, it was. Um, but when we're in life, 
and, and, and it feels like there's a tornado just trying to uproot us. And it's trying to throw us around. It's trying to bring all this, all this debris to destroy us. Sometimes life can feel that way. But what are you supposed to do when a tornado comes and hit? Who's been to green? Who's been to that white bed and breakfast uh, right there on the, when you're driving down, I don't even know that road, but going into green, the downtown area of green. And, and on the left-hand side, there's that white bed and breakfast. In the front yard... There's a shelter. And what do you do in a shelter? You hunker down. Now, who in a tornado, who's from like northern Texas or Oklahoma or, you know, the tornado alley? Anybody from that area where you just know what, thank you, I see that hand, yeah. You, you know what tornadoes are like. Would you guys go run, you know, just run? I'm gonna, you know, I feel like. I feel like running in the, I'm gonna run to the, the, the local high school and go on, get out there on the racetrack and just do a couple laps. You know, there's a twister coming at you. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to shelter in place. Find something really firm and hold on to that. <laughs> Am I right? See, life sometimes feels like, like, like that tornado. But the Bible tells us that we need to be standing firm. We need to be standing strong on the truth of God's word. The funny thing um, when, when the Bible talks about standing firm or standing strong, uh, the imagery that's used in scripture uh, isn't one of hiding from the storm though. And that's what we kind of like, and we're thinking, okay, we're hunkering down, we're getting in a shelter. You know, that's what we're, 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 we're thinking about, right? And that's kind of what the, I've been telling you. But the funny thing about the word, it, the imagery isn't given hiding from the storm. The imagery used is one standing in the storm, firmly planted in the middle of it. That's what the Bible is telling us. That when the storms are raging and trying to throw you over, trying to bring all this baggage, all this garbage, all this debris to shred you apart and destroy your life, the Bible, some reason, tells us, don't go hide from it, stand firm in the middle of it. Why? But weren't you just telling me you got to hunker down? Yeah, in place. You gotta stand your ground. You gotta not let it knock you down. I wanna, tonight I'm going to be talking about King David. King David got his start as a shepherd and spent most of his his childhood and and teenage years um, in the fields shepherding his sheep, his father's flock. And King David spent his days writing psalms and hymns and songs to the Lord. And he spent most of his time out there, besides killing bears and lions, which he did, and you know, feeding his sheep and all that, he spent that time with God, getting to know his king. Because one day he knew, because when he was younger, a man came along and anointed him and said, you're gonna be the next king of Israel. And he said to himself, okay, if I'm gonna be the next king of Israel, I gotta learn how to be a king, so I'm gonna to go to the greatest king and I'm gonna learn how to be one. And so he spent most of his time learning from his king. He spent incredible amounts of time with God because 
One day, he was going to face a storm. One day, he was going to face some tests that he didn't think he could handle alone. If he hadn't gone out there and faced a bear and faced a lion and, and learned how to stand firm out there on that mountainsides. So turn with me, we're going to go into the life of King David. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 22. So my second point that I want to get to tonight is that sometimes we need to be standing when you want to lay down. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 22 says this. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. I remember growing up when my brother would, you know, my family, we were practical jokers. We, we tried to scare each other constantly, usually every night before bed. You know, my dad started the trend when he went and laid under my brother's bed at night and he was praying on top of his bed and suddenly my father lifted the bed up and it was starting to levitate in the middle of my brother's prayer and, you know, and my brother's, I hear him down the hall screaming, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and you know, and he's he's terrified. But my brother used to do this thing when when I was a janitor. He would come to the church that I was janitoring, and I was a teenager. And I remember this one time, the the garbage can was all the way across the parking lot. I mean, into a yes, I was a janitor at 13 years old, and 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 it was my very first job. And I was walking across the parking lot millions of miles was this parking lot and it was pitch black. One, one individual light post that would flicker on and off. You know that sound? And you know every horror movie that you've ever seen in the 80s was coming to my mind at that point and because and, and, and my brother showed them to me all because he wanted to scare me. And so everyone's flashing through my mind and as I walk every single day or uh, one, uh, a couple times a week to go take the trash out at, at, uh, as a janitor. And this one time, my brother came down to the church. He's much older, than, he's five years older than I am, so he was driving, and he drove to the church and he hid around the corner from me. And I'm walking, and by the way, kidnapping was like really publicized back in California at this time in the, in the late 80s, right? And so I'm walking down and my brother, just out of nowhere, screams bloody murder. And I remember throwing the black garbage can up in the air, or a, a, a garbage sack in the air. It's all of its context spilling everywhere and me falling on the ground screaming like a little baby. And I was on the ground because I was terrified. See, that's what, that's what, that's what I see when I'm reading this scripture. I'm seeing this almost 10 foot tall giant coming down and says, I'm going to feed you to the dogs. I'm going to kill you all. And everybody's scared of this giant and, and, and they're running away. So, you know, they're kind of bluster when he's not there and they're running up to the, you know, the line of battle. And then suddenly here comes Goliath and they're like, ah! you know, and they all run away. I kind of see that like them hiding and falling on the ground all over themselves trying to get away. And here comes this 14-year-old punk kid named David. 
Coming along, and, and this is what it says in 1 Samuel chapter um, uh, 17, verse 26, the end, end, end part of that, and then I'm going to read verse 32, and it says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Not only was he a punk little 14-year-old kid, he's now insulting the manliness of a Philistine that's almost 10 feet tall. Then David said to Saul in verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. What I want you to see in verse 26, the end of verse 26, who is this Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living who? God. God. So everybody's running around him, and here comes David, and you can see the imagery here, them all running around him, and it's parting like water, and here comes David walking forward saying, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And in the storm, and in the middle of it, suddenly David's saying, I'm not going to let up because I know who I am and who I serve. See, David was standing strong. Let's look at another instant in David's life when he should have been falling all over himself, laying on the ground crying. Backstory. King Saul was jealous of David because David ended up killing Goliath, cutting his head off and, and grabbing Goliath's massive sword. And people started praising David. Oh, David, you're awesome. You're great. You're this and this. And, da- and Saul, King Saul, instead of like celebrating David and like in his chariot putting him up on the parade, you know, and saying, hey, this is my kid, my boy. Instead of that, this is what he did. He started getting jealous. And eventually it started getting so bad that he tried killing David on multiple occasions. Finally, David had to leave and run away. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1, and it says this, Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note. Snitch. Somebody told him where David was. David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Now Saul was out to kill David as he was fleeing with his faithful men, and he was finally holed up in a cave when Saul, not knowing David was in a cave, here's your backstory, had to use the facilities. And as he was preoccupied, because he's a guy, David cut off the corner of the king's robe without Saul knowing it. Now let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 11. And it says this, moreover, my father, this is David now, he comes out of the cave and he sees, uh, sings, uh, sees the king walking away. Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the corner of your robe I did, and I did not kill you. Know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you, yet you want my life to take it. Let the Lord's judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, in other words, what he's saying right there, as the Bible says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A flea? Therefore, let the Lord be judge and judge between you and me and see and plead my case and he will deliver me out of your hand. What David is saying there is this. 
king, you pursue me to kill me. Regardless of your reasons, right or wrong, the Lord will judge between you and me. But God anointed you to be king. God did, not me, not Israel, God did. And I'm not going to lift my hand to kill you because God is my king, not you. And he then went on and started reciting an ancient proverb about God. And he started going back to this. And everything throughout that whole scripture, his whole monologue uh, uh, to King Saul was about God. In the middle of our storms, what are you saying? In the middle of, of your storm, what is your speech like? Woe is me. Ah, oh, I lost my job. It's because I'm no good. It's because my dad never loved me and never trained me. Oh, I'm sick. I'm going to die. <laughs> What is your speech like in the middle of the storm? Everything that David did, everything that David uh, uh, um, allowed out of his mouth was spoken knowing these four things. The four responses that David had in times of trial. Number one, remember who God is. So when you're in a storm, when you're in a trial, when you're having a hard time in life, you need to do these four things. Number one, remember who God is. Who is God to you? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Right? We sing those songs, but who is he? Remember who he is. Number two, remember what God said. How are we to know what God said unless his word is on our lips, is in our mouth, is continually before our, uh, before our eyes? How can we know what God said if we don't even remember what God said? Number three. We need to stand firm on the truth of God's word. What do I mean by that? When you read this, and it says, by his stripes I am healed, regardless of the circumstances that you're feeling, regardless of the storm that's hitting you from every direction, regardless of what happens around you, regardless of what you feel, The truth of God's word is where you're going up for a pick and you're standing firm by his stripes. I am healed. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also give life or quicken my mortal flesh. See, the words of God have to be coming out of your mouth. What are you saying in the middle of your storm? What words are you speaking? Are you speaking defeat or are you speaking victory? Stand firm on the truth of God's word. Number four, this is how I'll close tonight. Have faith to act on what God said. See, David, 
He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? But that could have been where he, he could have been all talk, could have been all bluster, could have been anything that he wanted, but what did he do instead? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And what did David do? He started walking. He started acting on the truth of what God had said. I am the God of angel armies. I am the God of Israel, and no one shall defeat you all the days of your life if you follow after what I say. See, he knew this truth, and nothing would sway him, and he decided, I will act on it. If God said that I'm going to be the next king of Israel, then that Goliath right there, that almost 10-foot giant in my life, I'm going to cut his stinking head off. And he had faith to act on it. And he killed him in an unconventional way. One stone to the head. But he had faith to act on it. So number one, remember who God is. Number two, remember what God said. Number three, stand firm on the truth of God's word. And number four, have faith to act on what God said. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.